I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio. This is Up on Game. Caught by Hushmanzada for the touchdown. This is the show for you. Watch it. Boris alone. Intercepted, LeVar Arrington. With LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plaxico Burris. TJ, I love the way you break the game down. L.A., man, you were drafted by my squad, number two overall, 99. And Plax, man, you were a 757 product. And everybody knew who Plax was growing up around here, man. Three of the best to ever do it on and off the field. Live from the TireRack.com studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's pro bowlers LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion. All right, that's right. Welcome into Hour 2. Hope you enjoyed Hour 1 if you were there. If you're just now tuning in, we appreciate you tuning in. And if you missed Hour 1, don't worry about it. You can go wherever it is that you get your podcast and listen to the podcast up on game. You also could get extended content if you'd like. Look up Up On Game Presents. Got a great, great lineup of, of shows there as well. All right, we got a lot to get to in such a short amount of time. We'll talk about Derek Carr in a matter of moments. But first, before we get to that, you know, I had an opportunity to to go down to the Beverly Hills Hotel and do one-on-ones with with Earl Spence Jr. and with Terrence uh, Bud Crawford for this mega fight that's taking place. Shots out to Rhett Butler and and Pretty Left Hook on up on Game Presents for for hooking up and setting up uh, the interview opportunity. Um, it's interesting. I want you guys to listen to this because um, in in preparing for for what we do, 
But wouldn't you guys say film study is probably maybe the most critical aspect of preparation in, in our profession, watching film, taking notes on the film? Would you guys agree, disagree? What, what would your take on it be? Film study will, will give you an idea of how a guy plays, but you got to take into account he ain't going to do the same thing on you that he did with somebody else because you guys move differently. You play differently. That that level of fear that he may have with you as opposed to the guy that you're watching on, you just don't know what he's going through. But it will give you an understanding of how he moves. But no two, no one guy is going to play the same versus two different players. Man, uh, film study for me, man, was – 99% of my game, you know, go, going into Me a Sunday, too. understanding the tendencies of how defensive back would play if he was in press coverage, off coverage, well, how, how, what kind of leverage he would play with me if I knew I, I was going to be in a bracket situation. He's playing over the top. He's playing underneath. And, and what I used to study was, it was basically, you know, how guys played in certain down and distances. Mm. You know, second and two to four, you know, third and three to seven, you know, third and 15 or whatever the case may be. I just check for tendencies, man, and, 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 and see, you know, if they were like a bucket bell guy and, and, you know, third and long or were they trying to keep me in the same vision as the quarterback so he could get a better jump on the ball to, you know, to compete with the ball on third down and different things like that, man. It's understanding blitzes. And, and you know, I, I even went as far as to understanding fronts, you know, uh, the, the double mug and the A-gaps, you know, three, four wide nines. It, it gave me it, it, I was more subject to a, a wheel of free safety if the, if the defensive end was kicked, you know, three, four yards outside of the tackle. So me going into the game, man, that, that, that was everything, you know, uh, you know, for my game. And, and it helps tremendously, man, when you got a, a beat on a guy and you understand what he has a tendency to do in a certain situation that allows you to play faster and use all your ability you know, that you have. So I was always a film guy, man, and just understanding, you know, what those guys would want to do, even going down to the Super Bowl. I, I You know, obviously we played the uh, the uh, – the, the Patriots in week 16, and I got into a, a, a similar situation to where, you know, they they were jumping into a blitz zero, and for some reason I watched the th three or four games before that, and Ellis Howell, he would always back up to the to the uh, goal line and play inside, and he would stop his feet. And I said to myself before the route happened, I said, listen, if this man backs up like I've seen on film and he stops his feet at the goal line and covers zero, then I'm not even going to make a move. I'm going to just run right by him. And I credit all that, man, of just taking the time to, to study him and, and understand what, what he was going to do. I think both uh, in a lot of sports, it's very scientific, right? Like it's, it's kind of, you know, I count to three when I pass rush because I know unless it's a run or if it's like a quick type of screen play or whatever, that offensive lineman is going to kick three times before he stops to try to, to do what he's going to do. Does he have long arms? Does he have short arms? You know, we can't hide what our DNA as a player is going to be, no matter who we are. So I always felt it was interesting to find the tendencies, even though you may play me differently, 
and you may do things to try to like kind of switch up because I got caught a few times. Like I used to leapfrog dudes in in college, and people would be like, "How'd you do it? How'd you? How did you know when to actually leap over a dude versus do something else?" And I said, "I learned the tendencies of what they're willing to do. If if a guy is going to commit to chop blocking me, his eyes immediately go to his target." So before I even get to you, I saw his eyes and his head drop. I'm a leapfrog you. You know what I mean? If it's a if it's a you mentioned down in distance, if it's a short down in distance and I know the tendencies of the team, okay. When I did the LeVar Leap, which would be the 25th anniversary this year, by the way, um, mm-hmm. make sure you check out for a bobblehead. We'll get you a bobblehead at some point. But I, in that play, studied Illinois. Illinois on any short down yardage play where they needed to get where they wanted to go. Ran out of the huddle. As soon as the quarterback got under center, he, they went on first sound. And they were low in there because they were chopping off of, off of the line. Sure enough, it was, it was fourth and short. This was a great drive for them. Boom, they come sprinting out of the out of the huddle. Yep, there's the first one. Check it off. They got low and they're in there and they're in their stance. They're heavy on their hands. There's the second one. Here comes the quarterback running under center. There's the third one. I'm going. Soon as he gets under the center, I'm going. If I if I'm offsides and they get the first down, then I, I played the hill. But if they do exactly what it is that I watched over and over and over again, I'm going to leap over this line and I'm going to make this play. And that's exactly what happened. The reason why I tell this story, guys, is this week's Up On Game Conversations with a Legend, Earl Spence uh, Jr. and my man uh, Terrence uh, Bud Crawford, they talked about their opinions and how they approach uh, film study. Take a listen. Up On Game. Presents conversations with a legend, and now this is your legendary moment. It's all about film study where I come from. So my confidence going into a game was always based off of I'm watching my opponent so much that I know my opponent is going to do what I'm anticipating him to do. Is that the same approach that you take in in getting ready for the fights? Well, for me, I'm so much a fan of the sport. Like I didn't, I didn't have to watch like these first, like these last, like ten guys. I don't have to watch them because I watch them all the time. Like Terrence Crawford, I've been watching Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, Danny Garcia, all these guys. I've been watching them, and I've been watching them so much that I don't have to go and watch their fights because I already know the things they do. I know how they fight because I'm a student of the game. Like I'm sometimes I watch film. And I'm just watching how he moves his feet or watching how he react when he get hit with a good shot. You know, just certain things like that that I'm watching and I pay attention to and been paying attention to that I'm so familiar with him already, I don't have to watch him because me just being a fan, I've been watching him fight, you know, for the longest. And I've been watching all his fights and not even knowing I was going to fight him, I've been watching him fight. I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked your opponent. I always sat and I was a film watcher watched a ton of film 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 rewind 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 what is your way of preparing no no opponent is going to fight me the same way they fought their previous opponent Mm. or any other opponent they faced so i don't get in too much of film watching because 
film watching can mislead you in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I leave that to my coaches, and they prepare me to the best of their ability. And come fight night, it always work out because if I'm at the top of my game, it doesn't matter what you do or how you do it. I'm going to make my adjustments on the fly, and the rest is downhill for my opponents. All right, so the first voice you heard was Earl Spence Jr., and the second voice you heard, obviously, was, was Terrence uh, Bud Crawford. Neither one of them are big on on really getting that deep into the film, and, and Bud kind of gave the same type of reasoning you gave, TJ, in terms of the, I'm not going to get the same thing from that opponent. Nobody's going to fight me the way that they fight another opponent, which I found it to be very interesting. They lean very heavily. Both of them talked about leaning very heavily on what their trainers are are teaching them and and preparing them to do. Um, I guess I would assume you know jumping over a line or making a tackle or reading a pass or reading coverage and is very different than taking a chance or anticipating or assuming that something that you saw on film in a boxing match. I mean that could cost you getting knocked the hell out, um, which I would assume in football you get knocked the hell out too if 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 what you you know like I said I did get caught somebody caught my tendency. So we were playing against Iowa. Um, the guy lowered his head. He lowered his eyes. He lowered his head. And <laughs> I went to leapfrogging. And he popped up. Like, he squatted on me. He didn't He didn't do the traditional, I'm going to chop block you. He put his head down like he was going to hit my knee, like they always did when I leapfrogged him. But he squatted instead of lunging. Mm-hmm. And when I, got, when, I, when I went and left my feet, he um he exploded through and i saw sky <laughs> fans ground sky fans ground and just covered up i covered up my head just uh i didn't want to you know have any type of tragic injury take place but i just found it to be very interesting and very i i, I was very curious to see what their response would be what was y'all's takeaway from from their responses boxing is a, is a different different game in football and it's 100% if you're a big puncher Guys going to fight you different. And so you can watch film. They, they're they going to approach you differently. If you're Absolutely. extremely quick, they're going to approach you differently. Even even in football, you, you guys gave an answer of the complexity or the offensive and defensive system. I just went off of a one-on-one battle with a DB. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, when we was in Cincinnati, I'll give you an example. Like, when we – they didn't even really let us meet individually with our position coach. And so we would watch film with the offensive line and quarterbacks and the receivers. The running backs was the only position group that got to leave and go meet with they with they uh, coaches individually. We Y'all had to sit in individual meetings as wide receivers. No, we did, but when we like when we did uh, blitz, we sat in there. And so like the guys, like I had to pay attention to that because I was in the slot, so I was the one breaking hot. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me. When you play the Steelers and you get uh, Palomalu on the line, we used to call oh, it Fulcher 2 Blitz. You know he's going to come inside of you. Don't let him cross face. Backside, James Harrison is going to drop to the flats. The corner is going to drop to the half. The other safety is going to drop to the other half. Like once you saw Palomalu at the line of scrimmage and James Harrison was standing up and he started to back up, we kind of knew what was coming. Things of that nature, the defensive system 
Yes. Right. But when yeah. you're talking about a corn, just your one-on-one battle, everybody's going to play you differently. A guy go, not going to play me and Plax the same way. You get aggressive with Plaxico at the line of scrimmage if you want to. He going to throw your ass to the side and it's going to be a touch. You're not going to do that to him, but you may do it to me or somebody else. And, and so you see those things and they're not going to play you the same way that they play somebody else. But the but, fact but that they make comps? adjustments. What about comps? What if it is a guy that's built and, like and, you and, or has and, a game like you? And that's those are the games and that's the film that you try to focus on mm-hmm. to see what was working. Like when I did a lot of film study, like in the off season, I would just get – I would tell the uh, – Video guy, Travis Brammer with Cincinnati. Hey, I need – make me a DVD. You know, they couldn't mm-hmm. send it. So. DVD. Of ten Chats receivers. might not even know what a DVD <laughs> is anymore. He would send me 10 to 12 receivers, all day targets, and I would watch them the entire offseason to see what I could implement from their game and put it into mine. Mm-hmm. I'm taking stuff from their game, and I'm going to put it in my game. And so I studied the guys that – my peers to see what I can take from their game to implement in mine. But, yeah, I, the boxing game is completely different because it's that fear factor of if I move wrong, if I do the wrong thing, it's lights out. Plex, last word. Read and react. LeVar, just listening to your story, man, that was one of the main reasons why I never – I don't think I ever <laughs> leaked over anybody because I'm saying, man, listen, my leg's too damn long to get out of the way. And I'm gonna end up like you with a with a mouthful of dirt. Yeah. So I don't think I ever leaped over anybody for that reason. I couldn't get my <laughs> legs out of the way. I only really jump. I jumped my highs when I was competing for a football in the air, mm-hmm. not trying to jump over somebody. But yeah, man, listening to those guys, man, you, I think uh, if you want to be great at any craft that you that you are in or what uh, that you're working on. You have to be a student of them, just like those guys were referring to and talking about. And to understand, you know, boxing is a lot different from football because it, it's basically a reaction sport. Uh, it's based off of what you're looking at right in front of you. So with that being said, you know, it, it's 100% correct. I mean, everybody's going to fight uh, an opponent different. But uh, you, you got to love what you do. And they are students of the game, just like they were saying. And uh, I think this thing is going to be a tremendous fight. And hopefully, LeVar can get us some tickets and we can get down there. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Rhett can help us get some tickets. Let's Sign go, Rhett. Butler. Let's see if we can get that pretty left hook. Uh, all right. So, yeah, we're, we're going to switch over. We're going to transition into football, back into the National Football League. And, the, well, the topic of conversation, Derek Carr. What it is? Well, we'll let you know that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Up On Game. That's Stretch Armstrong and Pantene, man. I'm just the guy that hangs out and drives the car when they need uh, to get to where they're going to go save somebody. That's LeVar Arrington, man. Up On Game. We'll be right back, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. It's the Book of Joe podcast. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Yeah, well, there are no boundaries, right? Listen to the Book of Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, the think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two-liter, right? If you have... 
then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Track your picks and play against others for a shot to win huge cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code UPONGAME for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code UPONGAME only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Why? Okay. Yeah. Come on, Bizarre. Give them that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, welcome back into the show. It's up on game. If you know, got to give you some bars, you know. Wow. Here we go. We're rejoining you in the up on game live studio. That's right. Oh. It's kind of not the up on game live studio, but it's like it's up on game and we're live and it's Tyrac.com studio is what I really wanted to say to you. That's right. It's TJ Hushman's eyes, Plexico Burris. I'm LeVar Arrington. I just get hyped up sometimes, man. That was shady. That was slim. That was that was D. What is that? D DB four D 12. What is it? D 12. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, speaking of performances and getting excited about those, those performances, guys. Um, well, some people weren't excited about Derek Carr's performances last year. And I guess mainly um, he was one of his biggest uh, critics. And here's what he had to say recently about what took place last year. 
I, I just, I, they just didn't get my best, you know, and, and that, that drove me crazy at the end of the year because I was, I felt so spread out in so many different ways that it's hard for you to understand because it's what's happening in my mind and in my life, you know, but I, I felt so spread out and was trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to you know, get the guys excited about a certain thing or a certain way, even though they could see on my face, it was tough and things like that, you know, in certain ways. And, you know, it, I just didn't feel like myself and, and I feel bad to, the coaches and the players because they, they didn't get my best. Uh, okay, so I think I think Derek Carr is a fine young man. I think he he possesses strong moral values. He clearly exercises uh, courage in terms of just being candid and transparent about how he feels about certain things. But I don't know that this was warranted, fellas. I don't I don't know that if as good a dude as he is and as, you know, he's got that Christian faith and, and strong beliefs and that that system of, of just being that way and giving testimonies and stuff like that. I don't know that he needed to do that because I'm looking at a dumpster fire of a team in the Las Vegas Raiders. And and listen, it's not I don't think when it's you say easy do for that, anyone. What, say he didn't get they didn't get his best. Yeah, I, I guess for me, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm I'm feeling in my mind. I'm feeling in my mind for him to respond in his 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 press conference to say those things. I mean, why why even offer that at this point? Like that's in the past. You know, are you trying to justify? Why you weren't good at the end of the year? Are you are you like? Is there a just is there a, is there another reason why you would? take that road and apologize again and say they didn't get my best and start trying to explain it that way and you're in a different uniform because to me I think that you don't have to justify what took place in in Las Vegas because I think we already know how dysfunctional the Raiders are right now I mean you guys give me your take on it but I just kind of felt like what what was the reasoning behind even offering this number one I believe he felt like he would be a Raider his entire career. I think that's what he wanted. And so he's probably still has an affinity for the Raiders and wanting to be there. Obviously, Devontae Adams leaves his situation in Green Bay and becomes a Las Vegas Raider because of Carr. And now that situation, they're not even playing together now. So he feels like Devontae Adams goes out of his way, leaves Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to come play with me. I'm not there. We didn't have a good year. Um, I didn't have a good year. When I got hurt, Jared Stidham comes in and throws for almost 400 yards against the number one defense in the league in the San Francisco 49ers. So I believe it's just a little bit of disappointment in how things went considering Devontae Adams did what he did to come uh, play with him. But I believe he still – wants to be a Raider. He always wanted to finish career his career with the Raiders. Just a little bit of disappointment. Hmm. I mean, I'll say this. Uh, I, I don't believe that Derek Carr is a an elite quarterback. Um, you know, just over the past, you know, his career and, you know, the season, some of the seasons that he has had has been good, but not good enough to make him a top 10 quarterback to call him elite. And I just can't, I, I just can't understand for me, uh, to me, why the the Los the Las Vegas Raiders would go out all this way to acquire Devontae Adams, and you get rid of Derek Carr uh, the following season? 
because he basically gave up everything saying that, you know, he wanted to compete and win a championship. And uh, now though, now that championship for Devontae Adams and the Raiders are even looking even more bleak, you know, moving forward. But if you look at Derek Carr's season last year, he, like, he averaged like 230 yards pass. He only completed 60% of his passes. In the first four games that they lost, they lost by four points, four points, three points, and two. So you can't really just hang it all on him offensively and say that, you know, he wasn't able to get the job done because Devontae Adams still had an all-pro season at 1,500 yards and I believe 12 touchdowns. So he wasn't too bad. But I think the Raiders moving forward, they needed to make a change because there, there just wasn't something going right between Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels, and they decided to move on. But for him moving forward to the New Orleans Saints – you look at the, the quarterbacks that were on the roster prior to him arriving, I believe that Derek Carr would be the better option, you know, for the Saints going into this going into the twenty twenty three season. But I don't expect for him to just go down to New Orleans and just light it up. And, you know, they start off six, seven and zero. And, you know, Lavar's gonna be talking about the Saints are gonna win the division again when they finish dead last. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do that this year. <laughs> but uh, I, I, th- I, I, I think they will be better offensively. Michael Thomas getting him healthy. See if you can keep him around uh, a little bit longer. We need to get they need to get Alvin Kamara back to his all pro status, getting him the football, you know, letting him create and make plays. But uh, I he's think he's the best right? option. Is he suspended? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah based off of what happened at the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Okay. So well well that just went to offense. So uh <laughs> they'll they'll just try to, you know, put put a product on the field that they can go out and compete in that division. But uh, I still believe that they'll finish last in the division. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, all right. So quick, just real quick before we get to Nick on on the update, who you think has a better season, New Orleans or the Raiders? Saints or Raiders? Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Raiders. I'm going to say Raiders because, of, you know, just because of the defense. You know, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, you know, some of those guys. And offensively, they still have you know, Devontae Adams. No, no, uh, Darren Waller. He's with the Giants. You still have uh, Hunter Winfro, Josh Jacobs. So I believe offensively, they have a better offense than the New Orleans Saints do. But you know, I think they have a better. I think the Raiders have a better season. I'll mm. say it will be the Saints, and it won't be close. Ooh. And the reason for that is you have the L.A. Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos, who will be much better with Sean Payton as their head coach in your division. And then you look at the Saints division with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Who's a quarterback? Oh, we don't know. Baker <laughs> or Kyle Trask. You look at the Falcons and Desmond Ritter. And you look at Carolina Panthers. Oh, they have a rookie. And so I'm going to say it will be the Saints, and it won't even be close. Oh, wow. Whew. All right. Well, well, you have been wrong before. <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm right pretty much uh oh man you came on here and said, that you said the, the lakers would beat the denver nuggets you were wrong <laughs> i mean i was picking with my heart probably but it's mm. okay what you hey, mean probably hey huh. hey i'm wrong i'm like a broke clock i'm only wrong twice it's always right twice a day broke yeah. clock is right twice a day twice so a there day there you go well i'll tell you who isn't wrong he gives us our headlines it's my man nick cope 
What you got for trending, my guy? All right. Thank you, LeVar. West Virginia basketball coach Bob Huggins was arrested on a DUI charge last night in Pittsburgh. He was released with a preliminary hearing set for a later date. The university said in a statement they're aware of the incident, are in the process of gathering more information, and will take appropriate action once the review is complete. This comes after Huggins received a three-game suspension and a million-dollar pay cut last month for using an anti-gay slur during a radio interview. West Virginia also modified his contract to be on a year-to-year basis. Third round of the U.S. Open underway at L.A. Country Club. Ricky Fowler is your leader at 10 under par. Wyndham Clark one shot back. In second place, Rory McIlroy and Xander Shoffley tied for third. They are two shots back of Fowler. Notable names that missed the cut, Max Homa, Phil Mickelson, and Jordan Spieth. The leaders will not be teeing off today until the 6 p.m. Eastern hour. In college football, four-star quarterback Austin Simmons flipped his commitment from Florida to Ole Miss. And in the NFL, Patriots corner Jack Jones was arrested yesterday after two firearms were found in his travel luggage at Boston's Logan Airport. Let's go back to Up On Game. Back to you guys. Appreciate you, Cope. Now, let me throw this one out at you, fellas, since y'all receivers, y'all good at catching things. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. If I were to tell you those four names are in limbo as to what their career holds for them in the future would you find that to be believable and no. and then the next thing i would ask and 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 i will give you a a soundbite to to bring this thing home for the ones that you would find valuable um like say a christian mccaffrey or an alvin Kamara. They even are feeling the pressure and the strain of the position. So before you answer this question, listen to what Christian McCaffrey had to say about what he feels about the current state of how running backs are being respected in the pay column. When I look at what you know receivers make and fuck receivers make around the league, and then you look at what running backs make, you know we're 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 at the bottom of the list, and and you know you got backs who had 2,000 yard seasons. You've had backs who've had 750 to 800 yards receiving. And, you know, a lot of people use the injury, um, the injury argument, but, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily valid when you look at some of the receivers who have been hurt who still get big contracts. And so I understand we touch the ball the most, but in my opinion, I think we create a lot of value in doing so as well. So there's, there's a lot of arguments multiple ways, but I definitely think somewhere along the line, the, uh, the franchise tag and what the market did to the running back position, I think they're definitely undervalued. And I think if you ask the running backs around the league, they would probably say the same thing. Now, that's from the Rich Eisen's show. Um, what's your guys' take on this? I mean, is it fair to say that the running back position is – being diminished to a very, very uh, large capacity? And what does it mean for the future of the position? You know what it is. Um, one, it, it, it sucks for them if you're a running back. It does suck for them. But this is what has happened. You've seen running backs that are undrafted get 1,000 yards. You've seen running backs that are late-round draft picks come in and play and play extremely well. And so, and it's not just here and there. 
it's often. Like Alvin Kamara was drafted, and I believe, in the third round, maybe the fourth round uh, out of Tennessee. You, you can get guys at the running back position later on. And now with the analytics involved in football, it's, oh, when a guy has X amount of carries on his body, um, he starts to go downhill after so many carries. Everybody's not a physical freak like Derrick Henry. And so when they're at the peak of their careers, say you're a first-round draft pick, this is where um, they've been wrong, the running backs. If you're a first-round draft pick, they, in essence, have you for six years because you get draft. You have a four-year contract. They pick up the fifth-year option. They franchise you. After that, they're going to throw you to the wayside. And then they've given you 250 carries probably each year. Now they're just going to get another guy to replace you. Whereas when you look at the receiver position, it's very rare that you can just say, oh, we're going to draft this guy and he's going to come in and get it done. If you got a good offensive line, nine times out of ten, that running back going to make it happen. And no disrespect, the best of the best, they can't be replaced. The Christian McCaffrey's, the Kamara's, the uh, Nick Chubb's, and the Derrick Henry's and those guys. They can't be replaced. But the second-tier guys, it's been shown that they can be replaced. And that's why they're in this position. It sucks for them because they should be making more money early in their career when they're getting this big load of offensive. Uh, They're carrying offense. And I've always – they get the ball 25, 30 times a game and they make the least. That boggles my mind. Hmm. You know, listening to Kirsten McCaffrey, you, you know, speak on this, you know, saying that the running back position is undervalued. It's not undervalued in the in the aspect of performance. It's undervalued in and pay. So there's there's a misconception of what he's saying is that the, trust me, we love our running backs because if we're not running the football, then I can't get the ball. So those things kind of go hand in hand, but. Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, they have showed us over the past few years how hard it is to stay healthy at the position. And when you have a guy like a Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, you draft them with the second pick in the draft, or I think he was the second pick. And I think Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, of of those three, of the six that you named, those are the only three that are first-round picks. And – other than Dalvin Cook, he's been, uh, you know, he's been uh, healthy uh, over his first five or six years, or uh, however long he's been in the league. I think he's still a dynamic running back, but it's just a hard position for those guys to stay healthy. The, the, the days of, uh, you know, Jerome playing 14 years and the Frank Gore, those days are gone. Mm-hmm. 15, 16 year running backs, the, the, the league is just not going to allow, you know, guys to stay around that long. And if you can stay healthy that long, then you'll, you'll probably be sitting home on the couch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's not undervalued. We ju- we're just seeing, like, we had this conversation a few weeks ago the, the Isaiah Bachecos, who's a six round pick, and, you know, uh, Miles Sanders, those guys come in and get inserted into an offense, and now this team fits this guy's style so he looks better than what another guy was because all they're doing, they're doing the scouting, and and, and that player is allowed to play at his strengths or to whatever that offense may be doing. But uh, you just got to stay healthy, and it's hard to do. 
it is hard to do stay healthy at the running back position, especially with all the pounding and everything that they're going to be taking. And now people are already talking about Derrick Henry. You know, too many carries. Oh, he's going downhill, and you, you don't even. Get, they're not even giving these guys a chance to to go out and to prove themselves going forward because they already have this misconception. They're gonna put a narrative uh, out the there era. and stay with it. Yep. And, and and it's unfortunate. And now they got to go out there and prove themselves again and again and again, you know, just to get paid. But uh, I, I think it's unfair that he compared the wide receivers, you know, getting <laughs> yeah. all this money and the wide receivers are not. It, it, it's, it's, it's all about you business. Would. It's you business. Would. You, well, you know what's crazy, though? Receiver. The third receiver on a lot of teams is making more than – the top paid running back, which I'm assuming is McCaffrey and Kamara. They're the highest paid running backs and Derrick Henry in the league. Third receiver on many teams making more than what they making. That's crazy. Oh, and LaVar, to get back to what you said in the beginning, I didn't even answer the question. Are these guys' positions in limbo? They're not in limbo. It's the business side of it that is mm-hmm. devaluing the, yeah. these guys' mm-hmm. you know, uh, pay and how much they should be getting paid. Man, everybody knows when Saquon Barkley is healthy, man, he's one of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, but same with Christian McCaffrey and those guys, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. When those guys are healthy, man, they're the most dynamic players at, at the position in the league. It's not their fault what's been happening over the past few years with these teams getting these backs later in the draft and they're shining. It, 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 it happened. And now the team say, you know what? Well, I'm not going to pay this guy $15 million a year when I can pay a guy uh, $650,000. And you got to hold on to it to pay these quarterbacks, too. That's Plexico Burst. That's TJ Hushmanzada. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to wrap this thing up, put a bow on it, tie it up, and send it out to you as a present and as a gift. We'll talk OBJ to wrap it up. This is Fox Sports Radio up on game. We'll be right back. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Thessia throws. Swing. Ground ball into right field. A base hit. Coming in to score, Machos. Crawford racing around second, digging for third. He's in there as Betts comes up with the ball and throws into second. Austin Slater did not get into this game until the eighth inning as a pinch hitter. And he has had a huge effect in the game. He's had three hits in three at-bats. Welcome back in to Up On Game, live from the TireRack.com studios. That's right, it's LeVar Arrington. Alongside my guys, we're in this together, TJ Hushmanzada, Plexico Burrs. That was our progressive play of the day, brought to you by KNBR 680 Giants Radio Network. That's right. Uh, and, you know, progressive insurance that makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, so before we get out of here, I wanted us to touch on uh, something other than the, the, you know, the running backs or quarterbacks, which we've already discussed. Here's a, 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 a receiver's tale. Um uh, OBJ had some some things to say. He talked about his injury in the Super Bowl, talked about, you know, where he's at. I just wondering very quickly, is this a do or die? Is this a must-have success season for OBJ? But here's what he had to say before I get y'all's take. It sucks. There's no way around it. It's literally, you know, you've dreamed of, you know, I've watched plenty of Super Bowls, um, and finally it was – you know, my opportunity and I was so locked in. I remember my mom and my people were like, I've never seen you, you know, like that before a game. And I was just, I could just feel it that day when I woke up. I knew that I was probably going to be the best person on the field. I had been feeling it all week. And it just sucks, you know. I didn't get to live out that moment. It's not for the Instagram posts or nothing like that. Like, this is really something I've dedicated my entire life to this game and this sport. And um, just wanted to have that moment. But, you know, God had already came to me and said, if I win the next time, hopefully this year, you get an opportunity. Um, he said, I know the champagne was bitter, but we'll make sure that it's probably the best juice you ever taste. And that's probably, in my mind, that's just how I keep the perspective is that hopefully I'll get another opportunity to do that. And, you know, life happens to you. So you just got to keep rolling with the flow of it. And we live and we learn. All right. We got two minutes left, but is this a make or break season for OBJ? If he wants to be considered one of the top players and, and make the type of money that he wants to make, absolutely. He didn't play last year. And he's had so many injuries uh, in previous years. If he doesn't play well or if he gets hurt, um, yeah, th- this could be a wrap. 
I mean, it's already a wrap as him being one of the top receivers in the league. Yeah. Um, these young guys is coming. He he won't get back to that. But as far as being paid and his name just being brought up along with the best receivers, that's, that will no longer be the case. Super quick, Plex. Yeah, I just think for him moving forward, man, it's all about his health. When he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the world. Uh, maybe not to, you know, the point. Can he stay he, healthy? Can he stay healthy and, and remain consistent throughout 16 weeks? And if he does that, I think he'll play well enough to, conv- con- to convince another team to give him another contract. All right, make sure you check us out up on game. All right, check out the podcast, subscribe. That's TJ Hushmanzada. It's Plex Burris. I'm LeVar Arrington. JKS is coming up next. Make sure you stay locked in for the Jonas Knox Show. This is Fox Sports Radio. Hope you appreciate the Peace. show. All right, we'll talk to you. We'll see you next week. We'll holler. Holler, 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 holler. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.